Hello, friends, and welcome to Everyday Truth with Kurt Skelly. We're here to show that the Bible is relevant to your life every single day, and we're glad you joined us here for the conversation. We're exploring the book of 1 John and learning how to walk in light, walk in love. Now let's join Kurt for today's episode. Welcome back, friends, to today's episode of Everyday Truth. Uh, So glad that you're here. I almost said Everyday Tooth. But to Everyday Truth, glad that you're here. And we are going to, Lord willing, going to finish chapter number four today. Hard to believe because 1 John only has five chapters. And chapter five is really not a long chapter. So we are nearing the end of this powerful book. uh, But we're not done yet. And there's much good truth to to be considered, so I want you to stay zoned in if you can. We are in 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 18. At the end of last episode, I began to read verse 18 and then quickly realized uh, we we need more time, so that's why we're covering it today. Look look at 1 John 4 and verse 18, uh, where the Bible says, There is no fear in love. There's no fear in love, but perfect love, a mature love, casteth out fear. Fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. So there's no fear in love. So, John, describe for me uh, the contrast between fear and love as motivating factors. That's a great question, Pastor. And and sadly, you know, we all know there are different levels of motivation, fear, duty, love, or some guilt, uh, guilt, exactly right. Some very well-known ones. But, you know, in fear, and I think we all understand what we're talking about, fear and love here. This fear is not the kind of fear we talk about, you know, we ought to have a fear for God. It's not the idea that we have right here. I think you all know that. But, but this is that idea of fear that Satan loves us to have where we're uncertain, we're un, you know, unsure, things are keeping our life filled with anxiety. Anxiety was the word I was. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to say it. Where we have this anxiety, we're fear. We serve God because, you know, we, we don't have the right perspective of God as a God of love, but we have this perspective of God as a hard taskmaster. You know, if, if, if we don't serve him right, then we're not going to earn his favor, which is kind of backwards because we can't earn his favor anyway. It's all of God's grace. But nonetheless, some people serve God out of fear where, you know, if they get out of line, you know, God's going to strike them dead, so to speak, to the extreme. But God wants us to serve serve him out of love. Yes, we ought to have this fear, this healthy fear of God, as the Bible describes it. But God wants us to serve him out of love and be motivated by love. He is, as Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 5, you know, Christ's love constrains us. It constrains us to do what God wants us to do because we love him. I think of uh, my wife, you know, my wife, we love each other. Um, what if I was just a terrible husband, you know, treated my wife poorly, you know, just would say mean things to her, you know, had emotional abuse. Well, she might do things I wanted her to do, but it'd just be because out of fear. But oh, how much better life is, the relationship is when she does things she knows I like because I love her. Mm. You know, uh, that, and that's, a, I was going to use a similar illustration. You think about even a child rearing. When, you're, when your kids are really, really small during those times of training and, you know, there's a, there's a spanking for this and, and uh, there's being grounded for that. And, you know, there are certainly times in uh, one's childhood where he's, I'm afraid daddy's coming home. You know, I, I, I did what I wasn't supposed to do. 
But, you know, as you grow in godly relationships, the more that that love is comprehended and the more that that love is grows, the more fear is pushed out of that relationship. So, I mean, I have four adult children. I can guarantee you today they're not afraid of me. But I feel like my words have great weight in their life. I feel like my influence is is still strong in their life. I hope it is. So what has happened? I think that a mature love has cast out fear. You know, they're not afraid of, they're not even afraid to tell me maybe something that is a shortcoming or get some counsel about maybe a bad and unwise decision. And, and I wouldn't be afraid to share that with them. Why? Because the more we comprehend, the more we're captured by love, the more it expels fear as a motivator or as a dominator of our thinking. Perfect love cast out fear. Remember we talked last episode about standing before Jesus and being able to have boldness before him at his coming. Well, that, that's the context the context is, as we love the Lord, as we grow in a mature love to Him, then our, our meeting Him one day should be a wonderful and satisfying and confident thing for us. Not one of, boy, I wish He hadn't come back today. I had some things to clean up in my life. No, that perfect love has been driving out the fear of that relationship. There, there, there is a nakedness and an unashamedness that comes when there is intimacy. I love that thought you just gave, Pastor, and really give the idea how that uh, a mature love builds a place of security, a place of safety where people feel, hey, you know, I can talk about this openly and I'm not going to be judged, just, you know, but I can get help with what I need. And that is the kind of love that God has for us. We can go to God. I know that God loves me no matter what I do. I can confess my sin to God. I know that God loves me and God forgives me. That, that, that's the kind of love God wants me in my relationships to let people know I have for them, that I, I that I love them and that I, I want you to have a place of you know safety and security uh, because I'm not an individual who's going to condemn you. God's forgiven me. I want to forgive you. This is a great picture of what a true loving relationship ought to be like with God in us and with us and people around us. When you truly comprehend, and I want you, I want you to think about this in your most, your, your, your most loving relationships. Uh, tr true love really has the sense that this person who loves me has my best interest in mind. Like their, their, their total desire in this conversation, in this act, whether it be an act of rebuke or an act of discipline, they have my best interest at heart. I think even moms and dads, I think even your kids, your two-year-old, your three-year-old, yes, there are times when there's going to be uh, meted out chastisement and all of that. But there ought to be a sense in the heart of your children that, that my mom, my dad always has my best interest at heart. See, that, that love, that good, that pure love drives out fear. I'm not afraid. I remember when my kids were small. I would, you know, just being funny and joking, they would, they would do something wrong and I'd, I'd raise my fist. I said, I'm going to, you know, and they would always just laugh. 
But I wonder if the average parent would say to his kid, I'm going to, if a kid would go, <gasps> see, they, they ought to have no fear that you would ever act selfishly to them or act in your best interest. They ought to know that that perfect love creates a, a place of security for them. I love the way you said that, John. You know, I think what we talk about here, this kind of love that John is describing right here, it, it does take us back to, he talked about love and, you know, that if you, you cannot really love, if you're not born of God, you can't have God's kind of love. And I think at how many relationships in this world are said to be loving relationships, so to speak. And yet they're not God's kind of love. And people are filled with anxieties with all kinds of, you know, I don't know if I can tell this person this, what are they going to say if I say this? But th that is not the kind of love that God has for us. And Satan has warped the idea of love so that people often don't even properly understand God and his love for them. Yeah. And that's a great way to say that because sometimes we're insecure about the relationship we have with the Lord. Like I failed God. I've not done what I'm supposed to do. Does he even love me? And I think John answers that resoundingly in verse 19 when it says we love him because he first loved us. You know, God, God knew you at your worst. God knew you when there was nothing love, loving, lovable about you. And so he chose to love us. He set his love upon us. So when we love other people, we ought to do the same thing. If you're waiting around for people to be good to you, if you're waiting around to respond to the first person that's nice to you, that's a very low view of love. But to love the unlovely, to love before someone else has the opportunity to love you back, that's the expression of God's love. Look at verse number 20. If a man say... So here we are again. The book of 1 John often does this because uh, what a person says, their profession oftentimes is in contradistinction to their, uh, their actual life. Where the Bible says, if a man say, I love God, and the point here is simultaneously, hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, right there in front of you, tangible, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him. Now, I think John was going back to the upper room here, thinking about what Jesus told him. This commandment have we from him that he who loveth God love his brother also. So in other words, God has given us the, the, the greatest way by which we can love God is probably sitting right next to you. The greatest opportunity for you to love God are the people that you call your family members. Uh, the people that you call your coworkers, your, your uh, carpool partners, uh, your classmates, uh, your fellow church members. These are the ones whom God has put within arm's length of your life. And when you love them, sometimes when they're unlovely, when you love them, sometimes before they ever got around to loving you back, when you love them, the Bible says that you are loving the unseen God, but not only loving the unseen God, making the unseen God seen to people that see that act of love. I, I love First John and how John deals so much with this, the practicality of the Christian life. Doctrine, yes. How we all live, yes. Practicality, beyond doubt. John says, this is what we ought be doing. And we all know this week, probably today even, we're all going to have somebody do something to us that if we act in the flesh, we're not going to treat them properly. 
But God wants us to ever be cognizant of his love for us and to show who Jesus Christ is, to show who God the Father is through the way that we love. This is just a great passage to read. If you're struggling with interpersonal relationships, 1 John 4 shows us what is essential. We have got to be ruled by God's love. Yeah, that's a great, great vital piece of advice today. You know, read 1 John 4 with particular people in mind, and you'll be amazed at how it repairs, restores, and strengthens the relationships of your life. Thanks for listening in. Looking forward to jumping into a brand new chapter uh, next episode. Hope you'll be here for that. God bless you, my friends. Thanks for taking time to listen. If Everyday Truth matters to you, go ahead and subscribe to the podcast or share it with a friend. Until next time, God bless.